U.S. lawmakers Ami Barra and Mario Diaz-Balart met President Tsai Ing-wen in Taipei on Thursday. They are the first U.S. congressional delegation to visit Taiwan since the general election. Later in the day, the two of them met President-elect Lai Ching-te and incoming Vice President Xiaobi Kim. Lai reiterated his commitment to maintaining the cross-strait status quo. Congressional Taiwan Caucus co-chairs Ami Berra and Mario Diaz-Balart are on their second day in Taiwan. In the morning, they were warmly welcomed at the presidential office. I would hereby like to thank the U.S. Congress for its long-standing bipartisan support for Taiwan-U.S. relations. I hope a bill to expedite double tax relief between Taiwan and the U.S. will be passed soon. Through our bilateral exchanges, we hope to expand Taiwan's connections with other countries to strengthen the democratic coalition and to achieve global prosperity and development. But what this delegation demonstrates clearly is that there's absolute, solid, bipartisan support for Taiwan, for its prosperity, and for its security. And we listen when you've talked about the issue of double taxation, and we hope that soon we will be able to once again deliver good news on that front as well. After meeting with the president, the delegation personally congratulated Lai Ching-te and Xiaobi Kim for winning the presidential election. Lai repeated his stance on cross-strait relations. China has continued to harass Taiwan with military activity and gray zone tactics, but Taiwan has remained calm in its response. In the future, Vice President Xiaobi Kim and I will build upon the good foundation laid by President Tsai. We'll strengthen the resilience of our society and safeguard the peaceful status quo of the Taiwan Strait. We hope the U.S. will continue to provide strong support for Taiwan. Mr. President-elect, in your words, you talked about the peace prosperity and stability of the region. And that is exactly what we're here to represent as the United States Congress. And in the 21st century, there's no place for aggressive action. We have to learn to live together, to trade together, to work together, to solve the world's problems together. This is the first U.S. congressional delegation to visit Taiwan since the January 13th election. Earlier this week, the U.S. Navy sent a warship through the Taiwan Strait for the first time since the election. An official statement said the transit demonstrated the U.S.'s commitment to upholding freedom of navigation for all nations. It added that no member of the international community should be intimidated or coerced. The first one-year conscripts have reported for duty. More than 9,000 men will serve a year of military service in 2024 under Taiwan's newly extended conscription program. The first cohort of 670 men gathered at assembly stations nationwide on Thursday. They'll first enter eight weeks of basic training, which includes physical conditioning, combat drills, and shooting exercises. Compared to the four-month conscription program, the training of the one-year conscripts is more specialized in various areas, including advanced combat, as well as rapid reaction shooting and first aid in a wartime situation. These skills are all incorporated into our eight-week course. Throughout the training, I will constantly monitor their physical condition as I follow the curriculum schedule, conducting risk management and security precautions. This is so that we can make exacting demands on the recruits while maintaining safe conditions. 
After basic training, each conscript will receive full combat gear and be assigned to units based on their preferences and professional expertise. During the rest of their service period, they will undergo even more rigorous training that's aimed at improving Taiwan's combat capabilities. A large-scale art installation was inaugurated outside FTV's Linko headquarters on Thursday. Titled People of Taiwan, the piece consists of 35 statues representing indigenous people, farmers, merchants, engineers, as well as Taiwan's democracy pioneers. The work was created by acclaimed sculptor Fang Guang to capture the spirit of Taiwan and its democracy. Braving the cold, dignitaries stand and file to do the honors. There's FTV President Dorothy Wang, FTV General Manager Liao Jifang, and distinguished guests including Presidential Office Secretary General Ling Jialong, former Foreign Minister Mark Chen, and former Vice Premier Ye Julan, the widow of pro-democracy activist Zhen Nanrong. Together, they inaugurate a public art installation titled People of Taiwan. It's a moment for the books. The resonant voice of Yang Lie fills the room as he sings Formosa, commemorating the people who paved the way for Taiwan's democracy. The installation is the work of acclaimed sculptor Fang Hui Guang. It's composed of 35 figures and was unveiled to the public on Thursday. The artistry of this installation shows the eternal spirit of our forebears, which is also the spirit of Taiwan. Of course, FTV is the eye of Taiwan, and the eyes are the windows to the soul. Art can leave an impression on humanity and on future generations. Literature and the arts can be said to have an incredible influence on us. The Taiwanese people's struggle for democracy is recorded here. This artwork at the FTV headquarters is a lasting monument that will allow everyone to understand what transpired in Taiwan's history. The installation is located outside FTV's headquarters in New Taipei's Linko District. Rendered in lifelike detail, the statues capture the spirit of many prominent pro-democracy figures. So Freedom and democracy were not given to us by the heavens. They were fought for by the people. Our forebears struggled hard, and many of them have already passed. With this artwork, we can help keep the spirit alive. The sculptor Feng says the work includes not only democracy's pioneers, but also Taiwan's ordinary folk. They represent indigenous people, scholars, farmers, artisans, merchants, engineers, families. There is even a person holding a child high up so that the child can see what's happening in Taiwan. If you look closely, you'll notice there is an elementary school student as well as a student from Taipei First Girls High School standing at the front. If Taiwan wants to continue on a democratic path, it needs to get young people involved. Taiwan's pursuit of freedom and democracy requires the involvement of people from every generation. With his skillful hands, Fang conveyed his love for Taiwan. The work will stand sentry outside FTV, carrying on the spirit of democracy. Today, we take you to meet Yuqi Huang, a plant stylist. Before embarking on this rewarding career, she was a fashion designer. Now, she gives people advice on how to arrange plants and decorate their homes. 
FTV reporter Stephen Yang caught up with Huang to find out more. Yudi Huang has tips on how to embrace the holiday season. The easiest thing is that during Spring Festival, you can go to some orchid gardens, or if you're in Taipei, you can visit the Jinghua Flower Market. There are a lot of varieties. Don't think about how long it will take you to grow them. Just start by experimenting. Taiwan is globally renowned for its orchid industry due to its many flower varieties and advanced horticultural technology. In Huang's classes, she teaches students how to cultivate orchids and to arrange them in the best way for each home. Huang says orchids are popular flowers because there are so many varieties. They also last a long time in a home setting. As I said, there are many varieties of orchids, and the varieties we produce with each other to form unique flowers. Before becoming a plant stylist, Wang worked as a fashion designer. After graduating from Istituto Maragani, a private Italian school of fashion and design, she joined Ports 1961 as a fashion designer. To decompress from her high-pressure job, Wang began growing plants and teaching others how to do the same. Today, she shows people how to style plants and pair them with furniture. She also shares tips on soil and pot selection, cultivation and maintenance. She makes an effort to know every client's personality, daily routines and preferences. When people first take up plant cultivation, it's usually to decorate their homes. For me, that's like dressing up. I will pay special attention to the texture of each plant, which is like fabric. I'll look at the texture of the petals and whether the color matches the home. It's like matching a sofa and looking at whether the color is suitable for a space. First as a fashion designer and now as a plant stylist, Huang hopes to help clients appreciate nature and create a beautiful home environment. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Yang Kai in Taipei. If you've ever been to the far south of Taiwan in winter, you might have noticed an interesting sight. The people of Hunchun Township often weigh down their items with heavy rocks to keep them from being blown away by the wind. Market stalls, tables and even scooters are all at the mercy of sudden gales. The winds are caused by geography. Winter monsoon winds blowing over the central mountain range accelerate where the mountains dip down to the sea at Hunchun. The local people have a special name for the northeast monsoon, the wind that comes off the mountains. A Hunchun night market. Each table at this stall has a big rock sitting on it. Diners are enjoying their snacks right next to the rocks, but this tourist is perplexed. She's laughing as she films the video, wondering what on earth is going on. They're heavy. Stop the tables getting blown away by the wind. The rocks aren't here to deter would-be table flippers. The northeast monsoon winds are too strong here in Pingdong's Hunchun Township. This stall owner is afraid the tables might get blown away. Even the lids of the cooking pots and the signs are weighed down. Everyone working here has to pick things up. Plates, tables, it's a shame. Where the central mountain range dips down to its southern end on the Hunchun Peninsula, the mountains are just 400 to 1,000 meters high. As the northeast monsoon winds blow down off the mountain range from October to April, they produce strong winds in Chechen, Mudan, and Hunchun. A sudden gust can even reach near-gale speeds, equivalent to a tropical storm. We have to weigh down the tables and the things on the stalls with stone. Sometimes the northeast monsoon winds here are stronger than a tropical storm. 
The wind that comes off the mountains can even flip over scooters, which need to be weighed down too. Locals think nothing of it, but tourists might need to watch out. Budget airline Thai Vietjet says it will suspend its charter flights from Taiwan to Sapporo, Japan, starting this February. The move will affect nearly 1,000 travelers during Spring Festival. According to the airline, the decision was due to, quote, technical issues at Japan's new Chitose Airport. Although flights departing on January 27th and 30th will proceed as scheduled, passengers could find themselves without a return flight. We are starting to notify the affected group travelers. For clients who want to switch to a different group, we will assist them in finding an alternative. For clients who wish to cancel, we will provide a full refund. Based on our latest count, more than 500 of our customers will be affected. For force majeure events, the two options are providing a refund or offering a switch to a different group. Actually, prior to the pandemic, this kind of incident was quite common for foreign airlines, especially when it came to charter flights by budget airlines. The flights after February 1st are mainly chartered by some five travel agencies. I've been informed by the distributor that flights can resume right after the winter season. According to the Easy Travel Agency, more than 500 of its customers will be affected by the suspension. If including the customers of other agencies, some 935 people in total will need alternative plans over Spring Festival. The Industrial Technology Research Institute has unveiled its first-ever sustainability report for the year 2022. At a Wednesday press conference, ITRI President Edwin Liu said that a new report will be prepared each year so that ITRI can monitor its own progress on sustainable development goals. Also on Wednesday, ITRI showcased some of its latest forward-looking innovations developed based on its 2035 technology strategy and roadmap. On the window of this bus simulator, you can instantly see facts about passing attractions. It's combined with GPS data, and there's also eye-tracking technology. All of that is integrated. Wherever passengers look, information follows on screen. If widely adopted, this AR interactive vehicle display could be a game-changer for the passenger experience. When integrated on planes, coach buses, trains, cable cars, or cruise liners, it could create new opportunities in smart education and tourism. If you have a chance to go to Qijian in Kaohsiung, you can see it already installed on the Qifu No. 2 ferry. We expect this system to be introduced on the Danhai light rail by late January or early February. Besides driving new tourism opportunities, eTree is making waves in biomedicine with a textile-based artificial ligament. Featuring novel material and technology, the invention solves clinical issues faced by traditional artificial ligaments. 
The main problem with traditional artificial ligaments is long-term wear and tear. For example, athletes who get a replacement often develop joint effusion afterward, which requires repeated fluid draining. Wear and tear can even result in rupture and require reoperation. But our artificial ligament supports repair that comes close to the original tissue. On Wednesday, E-Tree showcased new R&D achievements of its 2035 technology strategy and roadmap, which prioritizes intelligentization enabling technologies and the application domains of smart living, quality health, sustainable environment, and resilient society. It also unveiled its first-ever sustainability report. Now, our 2023 report will be published in 2024, that is, by the second quarter of this year. Just as how other companies do it, we will publish the previous year's sustainability report in the second quarter. That will help us review eTree's sustainable organizational development. Through regular reporting, eTree will evaluate its progress in various fields. eTree President Edwin Liu said that for 50 years now, eTree has served as a main driver of Taiwan's economic growth. Today, it's a large entity of more than 6,000 people. As such, it must focus not only on research, but also on how to move forward towards sustainable organizational development. Artificial intelligence is changing the game for customer service. A Taiwanese startup has launched an AI chatbot specifically for dental clinics. It can answer questions from patients, saving time for medical professionals. On Wednesday, the company signed an agreement with a leading software provider in Malaysia in hopes of tapping the Southeast Asian market. Dr. Luo, I want to get my teeth straightened. How do I proceed? My teeth are a mess. If your teeth are very malpositioned, you can consider these two kinds of orthodontic procedures. The virtual chatbot can answer complex questions. The era of AI is upon us, and the technology is getting incorporated creatively in a wide variety of medical applications. At dental clinics, dentist assistants and patient-facing employees have to answer the same questions hundreds of times every day. They don't get asked hundreds of different questions. So bringing this dental GPT to clinics can greatly alleviate manpower shortages. A local AI startup has launched an A-powered virtual dental assistant. It's partnered with a Malaysian business to tap the medical market in Southeast Asia. The partnership is sealed with a handshake. One side is a Taiwanese startup specializing in extended reality and AI. The other side is Southeast Asia's leading provider of software used at clinics and medical centers. With the strong alliance, this year we will be bringing Taiwan's professional products to all of Southeast Asia. We'll be standouts in the realm of AI-powered virtual assistant systems. It is an honor to collaborate with this company and bring this technology to Southeast Asia so that doctors can dedicate more time to their patients. As new tech creates new horizons, Taiwan startups are reaching overseas to explore new business opportunities. An old train station in Miaoli has become a tourist destination. A small coffee shop shaped like a steam train has revitalized the disused station, attracting new visitors. Now the cafe at Shenxing Station has launched little steam train-shaped cakes, which are made by hand in store. The store hopes to drum up business while spreading awareness of the area's railway history. Dough is poured into the molds and then they turn over. 
When both sides are baked to perfection, the cake is ready. It's shaped like a little steam train locomotive. They've chosen to shape it like an old steam train to make an original design. Through these locomotive cakes, they want people who come here to get to know the culture of the old mountain line. This cafe is near Miaoli's Shenxing Station. When the old mountain railway line fell into disuse, the station became a tourist destination. This coffee shop is shaped like a locomotive, the building itself designed by its owner. They've also designed these train cakes to give visitors even more of a memorable trip. I drew the train shape of the cafe by hand. The most popular flavor is plain, filled with custard. There's also chocolate. Everyone likes all the flavors, actually. There's also mochi in the cakes, giving them a chewy, squidgy kick. Lots of railway fans come here just for the cakes, bringing life to the little station and learning more about Miaoli's industrial history. Taiwan's Xie Shuwei has extended her winning streak at the Australian Open. Partnered with Elise Mertens of Belgium, she battled her way into the women's doubles final on Thursday. They played against Australian storm hunter and Czech Katerina Siniakova winning a fierce three-set match in two hours and 35 minutes. In the first set, Xie and Mertens fell behind 0-4 before finding their footing, eventually winning 7-5. They lagged behind in the second and never caught up, losing the set 6-1. The third set was close fought, with Xie and Mertens clinching the match with a set score of 2-1. This is the first time since 2020 that Xie has reached an Australian Open women's doubles final.